Are you depressed? Are you having an existential crisis? Are you looking to go on vacation or to go someplace to find your inner soul? You can go to Boise, Idaho for two weeks. It's that simple. Just go to www.expedia.com slash Boise slash Idaho slash I'm reviewing here slash 25% off slash this is all fake. I'm reviewing here. I am having fun with these fake ads. I don't know about you guys, but it's really fun to lie. Lying is good. It's like liar, liar. Remember liar, liar. Also, how the hell did Jim Jim Carrey not get uh, an Oscar nomination for that movie? That is one of the funniest friggin' performances I've ever seen on camera. And it drives me nuts when people are like, he's creepy. He over, he's so friggin' funny in it. Oh God. Anyway. Hello everybody. Uh, if you're new to this podcast, uh, I hope I don't scare you. It's just, I, I really am harmless. I swear to God. My name is Matt Bussey and I'm your host of I'm reviewing here, a podcast where I watch and review sight and sounds top greatest movies of all time. There are plenty of them. There are plenty from so many countries. There are plenty that I haven't even heard of. And I claim to be a God. I claim to be a movie buff God who knows everything. Even when I was a kid, I got made fun of because people were like, you know movies too much. I think you're, you're, you're a God. And I was like, that's a compliment. I mean, I'll take it. Yeah. And then I went to college and I met other people who liked movies and a lot of them were actually really obnoxious, but, uh, not all of them. You know, here's the thing about college and I feel like it's probably, maybe it's just like this in my college. I was just at my college the other day, actually. Wow. I wrote a book about college. I probably said that episodes ago, but yeah, I'm not going to read it on here. When I was working out the other day, though, I, I did have a little epiphany where I was like, what if I turn my book into a podcast? So my, my book is like 19 chapters and it's not for sale, but what if I made it like an audible podcast where each chapter was an episode? Yeah. I could do that, but I would have to change all the characters' names because um, I would probably get, like, 50 lawsuits from my friends, like, my close friends, like, people who like me. Like, they would probably sue me. Um, and my family, too. And I don't know, you you would probably just have to endure listening to really painfully embarrassing stories about me and my college penis. So I don't know if, if anyone would really be into that, but I don't know. I don't know. Would you be into that? Leave it in the comments if you want to read my book, but you want to hear, I'm sorry, if you want to hear my book, leave it, a, leave a note in the comments. We'll see. And if, um, you're like, no, don't do it. Okay. That's fine. I believe you. I'll, I, you know, any advice is, is, is advice, whether I agree with it or not. It's advice. Advice is good. I'm horrible at giving advice though. Yeah. My socks are covered in dog hair. Jesus Christ. Alrighty, let's start the show. Uh, today's movie is a doozy, and uh, let's get to it, shall we? Today, I'm going to be talking about Flowers of Shanghai. Jojo 
每一次嚟，你冇一次系开心心嘅。你知唔知我见到你唔开心，我心里面几难过。如果你唔要我出咗事，我冇路好走。And I think I just misused uh, the uh, the word doozy again. Again, I think there was a few an episode a while ago where I did not know whether to say if a film was a doozy or not. When I say something is a doozy, I mean it's boring. But apparently, I'm wrong because I just googled. Oh, I lost that shit. Hold on, just a sec. Okay, doozy. Something outstanding or unique of its kind. That is the Oxford language definition of doozy. There's also, what is doozy slang for? Something special or unusual, especially something unusually ba bad. Oh, so maybe I did kind of use it right. I don't know. Okay. All right. All right. I got a lot to say about this movie, Flowers of Shanghai. Uh, well, before I get into it, let me just say that... Look, Listen, movies are meant to be unique, and this one is definitely very unique. Uh, this is what, like, like the thirty-second movie I've seen so far. I've seen a lot of them. Um, every director always has the right. It's their vision, you know. It's their baby, like I said. So they always have the right to make it their own way. I think the only thing, I mean, this is—it's been like this since the beginning of movies. It's up to us whether. We appreciate what they've done with their art, you know, and I think that there is a good movie somewhere in Flowers of Shanghai. I think that it was a missed mark, though, in my opinion. Um, now, I'm very, very critics do not agree with me. Critics love this movie. It's considered. I think Village Voice uh, called it one of like the best movies of the '90s. It came out in 1998. It's a Taiwanese movie. It's a period piece drama. Uh, it stars this very famous actor named uh, Tony Leung. He was in. Uh, he's a Hong Kong actor, and I oh god, he's been in so many movies. But I'm trying to think about like big Hollywood movies and. Oh, he was recently in uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, the, the Marvel movie that came out in 2021. Now, I actually really enjoyed that movie, and I'm not a Marvel head at all, but I saw that in theaters, and it, like, came and went. Now, 2021, again, like, people weren't really going to the movies, but to this day, though, like, I don't know. I would love to see a sequel to Shang-Chi, and Tony Leung, I mean, he's just, he's amazing in it. He's always good. He's been in so many other movies. He did a lot of movies with uh, this director named uh, Wong Kar Wai. I think that's how you say his name. A lot of those movies. Actually, I think the next movie is a Wong Kar Wai movie. Uh, yeah, I think it is actually. Oh, wow. Look at that coincidence. Two Tony Leung movies in a row. Well, I hope I like this next movie more than this one. Um, Tony Leung is, is a phenomenal actor, though, and I think if you Google him, you can see his filmography, and he's been in so many movies. He also did a movie called Infernal Affairs. I haven't seen it. Uh, it's also a, a Hong Kong movie, and you know what American movie is a remake of Infernal Affairs? The Departed. Yeah, or as they say it in the movie, The Departed, you know? 
What do you want to do? You want me to chop them up and feed me the poor? Is that what you want me to do? My sister and I say that all the time. Oh, Leo DiCaprio is so good in that movie. The accents are so over the top. It's funny. The Departed. I don't think The Departed is on this list. Wow, that's a good movie. All right, what was I saying? Flowers of Shanghai. I think that there's a good movie in here, but I personally found this movie to be A, very, very slow, and B, very, very bloated. Uh, bloated as in it is just, there is just too much going on, and I couldn't friggin' follow it. I couldn't. I couldn't follow it. I think this movie would have done so much better if it came out as like a miniseries, you know, like now, then again, this was the nineties miniseries and stuff. They weren't as big and popular as they are now. So, you know, I can't blame the director. The director of this movie is also, uh, is pretty acclaimed. His name is, uh, okay. I think it's who, who is Xiao Xin? Who is Xiao Xin? Yeah. Xiao Xin. I think that's how you say his name. Uh, yeah, he is very, very popular in Taiwan. He, uh, every, every country has a new wave movement. A new wave is like, you know, a cinematic movement. Francis had one. Hollywood had one. Germany had one. Taiwan, of course, Taiwan. Have, every country has had one. Madagascar probably had a new wave movie movement. I don't think I've ever seen a Madagascar. Is it Madagascarin or Madagascarian? No, that sounds like a, like a diarrhea. I don't know. Um... Yeah, so there's that. That there's that. Those issues. Those are the main issues I had with this movie. I was just I, I was bored. Now, boring movies can be very well done, but personally, I also just didn't find this though to be well done. I didn't. So uh, let me get into it. So, Flowers of Shanghai. I will. I will first off say. It is a positively, beautifully shot, elegant movie. Uh, the cinematography by uh, Pin Bing Li is gorgeous. This film is two hours long. There were only 38 shots, long shots in the movie. Yeah, 38. Guys, you know when you watch a movie, because we've all seen so many movies, you know, we forget about this. But you know when movies cut from one scene to the next? Cut, 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 cut. You know, it's like a new shot. Yeah, that that's the fun of editing you know each of those is a shot so really when you think about it a typical movie probably has like a hundred or hundreds of shots you know for a two <clears throat> excuse me for a two-hour movie to have 38 shots that's pretty remarkable this movie is very much like a play each scene is one shot and the camera is always set in one part of the room and it just slowly pans from left to right, you know? Zigzag, zigzag. It's like a spell, you know? It makes you tired. <laughs> um, at least that's what it did for me. A lot of movies have that effect. That, uh, it's, uh, what was the movie? The Apichatpong movie, Syndromes in the Century. Yeah, this is very much like that. It's a very uh, uh, soporific, I think I'm using that word correctly, movie. It really is. So that is what Flowers of Shanghai is like. That's what you're getting yourself into. It's a lot of talking. It's a lot of long scenes with a lot of talking. And you, the viewer, you're meant to be a fly on the wall. Or in this case, you're meant to be a you're meant to be a customer in a brothel because that's where this entire movie is set. Brothels, but it's. Well, let me get into that because they don't call it brothel in the movie. So this is based on a book called The Sing Song Girls of Shanghai by someone named Han Bang King. 
which I cannot pronounce this. Uh, it was originally written in 1892 in Goyushin, Uh And that was kind of like a dialect language that was used in a lot of parts of Shanghai. And it was later on translated into Mandarin. So it's a pretty popular book, 1892 too. I mean, wow. Uh, so, uh, oh, Jesus Christ. His, oh my God. Hsiaoxian uh, adapted this uh, with um, screenwriter Chu, Chu Xianwen. Wow. I think I'm pretty good at it. Mandarin is a badass language. I so wish I could learn Mandarin and Japanese. I don't know which one I could pick, though. Well, Mandarin is more, um, more people speak that. They always say that's kind of like the better language to learn. But Japan, oh, I want to go to Tokyo so badly. God, I'm dying to go there. But it's really expensive, apparently. And I really, really want to go to Hong Kong because uh, Crazy Rich Asians, the movie, so good. And they never made a goddamn sequel. So mad. So this is a movie uh, set in um, a brothel in 1884 Shanghai. Now these brothels uh, basically consisted of women who were prostitutes, but they weren't called that. They were called, they were courtesans. Uh, oh, that makes me think of Moulin Rouge. Courtesan. Uh, they were courtesans, but they were known as flower girls. Uh, and basically, yes, they were like escorts. They were like prostitutes. But everything was so formal and like businessy, you know. So these men, these wealthy men, a lot of them were, were married too, and obviously did this, you know, behind their wives' back. They would go to these really beautiful, fancy brothels and not necessarily have sex with women, but just you know, be with them in a way. I, I I've heard uh, something. Uh, well, and I've read stuff as well about like what like an escort does. And escorts, to my knowledge, they don't need to have sex with their clients. Now, nine times out of ten, the clients do want to screw them and they do have sex. But escorts are really just meant to be there, I think, just to be company, you know? I kind of learned about that. Uh, there was a show on Showtime. It's not on anymore Oh my god, I can't believe I'm bringing this up. Well, I have to, because of course it popped into my head when I thought about prostitutes and everything. It's it's also the opposite gender. It's called Gigolos. Do you guys remember that show, Gigolos, on Showtime? <laughs> Jesus Christ, this show. It's a reality show. Uh, I think it was like six seasons. Uh, it came out many years ago. It follows a group of Gigolos in Las Vegas and their clients that they meet. And it's all real. Like, you actually watch them meet with their clients and you watch them you know, winky, wink, winky, wink, uh, they do it. It was a fascinating show to me because these clients were insane. These women, so many of them and their husbands and their boyfriends, cause they were in on it too. You know, they agreed to all this. They were so weird. I think the episode that scarred me was the, the one client, Nick, or I'm sorry, the one gigolo, Nick, he visits a client who <laughs> has, all of these exotic wild reptiles as pets in her house. And she's like, okay, I want you to foo me in front of all these reptiles. And he's like, okay, well, I'm, it's my job. You're going to pay me. So I'll do it. So they start having sex and there's a lizard like a foot away from him on the couch and she's riding him. And this lizard is like, Rah! and he's like, 
Oh my god. I used to follow the gigolos, the real actual, the real actual gigolos on uh, Instagram, because they were pretty amusing. What what they would you know post and everything. But then I had to unfollow them because when COVID hit, they were like, "This isn't real. It's fake news. We love Trump. All lives matter." And I was like, <laughs> "Click unfollow, assholes." Anyway, oh man, I really went off topic here. Yeah, well, no, there's a similarity though. Flower girls and gigolos. The gigolos were the same way in that again, they didn't really have to engage in intercourse or, you know, like, you know, like blowjobs or whatever. Um, they didn't really have to do that. And I think the, the good thing, the, the, what's really well d done in Flowers of Shanghai is the depiction of uh, these brothels, you know. It's pretty crazy how, you know, th these flower houses, as they were called, if you go to a, I've never been to a brothel before. I've been to Amsterdam and I've seen what they're like. And it's a little similar in that like these flower houses were so properly done. It really was like a business. Oh, I'm going to the flower house. Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to go spend some money. Nowadays, at least in America, nowadays, when you hear brothel, uh, what do you think about? Do you think about like a crack den or like, you know, I don't know, a dirty house where there's a pimp with like bling bling all over his neck and the women are all like half naked and like, I don't know, maybe I only think about brothels that way. I don't know if you, uh, pardon me too, if you've been to a brothel and it's something like that. I don't know. I've never been to a brothel, but at least like in movies, American movies, brothels are always, brothels are always depicted as these really shabby like dangerous places that um, are just absolutely horrible and, and you know, not good. <laughs> so the big difference in this, um, it kind of reminds me a bit of also Memoirs of a Geisha. Did you ever see that movie? It's a really good book too. The book is a lot better. The movie was meh, so-so. But I think Geishas, they, they, they were Japanese, but they were very similar too in that their jobs, it was all very, very uh, professional. They didn't need to sleep with their clients. They just, clients came and they just wanted to be with them. They would drink. They would have a laugh. So we see this, you know, we pretty much see this uh, very, th this, what am I trying to say? We see that how these brothels work in the first shot. The first shot of this movie sums it up perfectly. It also sums up what kind of movie you're getting yourself into. It's at this table and there's a whole group of men all drunk out of their wits and they're all drinking and they're playing these like drinking games and you see the flower girls standing around them and they're being very very subservient you know they're not really like touching the men but they're they're just watching them you know they're sitting by them and the men are being pretty good with themselves you know they're not like i don't know touching them without their consent or anything like that and I think it's a, it's, it is a good scene because it just shows you that's just like daily life in the flower house. You know, that's what it was like. Men came, they got drunk. It was almost like going to a bar, except if you went to a bar, you could just, you know, take off your clothes and have sex like in another room, you know, which I guess you can kind of do at some bars. I mean, strip clubs are like technically bars as well, right? Oh, let's not talk about strip clubs. I've been to one strip club and it was really, really bad. Ah, uh, bad experience. If you know me, you know what I'm talking about. AKA, before you ever get a lap dance, ask the girl if she's just if she's just gone to the bathroom or not, because um, she may have just gone to the bath. Oh, the memory just came back. Okay. If you have a question about that story, just uh, like DM me and I'll tell it. It's not appropriate. 
<laughs> well, that none of this is appropriate because uh, prostitution is not good. But in Flowers of Shanghai, this is where it gets really confusing. I'm going to try my best. But it basically follows the lives of five courtesans. Is that how you say it? Courtesan? Courtesans or courtesans? In Moulin Rouge, they say courtesan, but I don't know how to say it. And I don't want to say prostitute because that's like, I don't know, it has like such a negative connotation. F women. There's five women in this movie. Their names are Crimson, Jasmine, Jade, Pearl, and Emerald. And they all work generally at different uh, brothels. Crimson works in the, uh, it's known as the Huifang Enclave, Enclave, excuse me. Pearl works at the Gongyang Enclave. Emerald works at the Shangren Enclave. Jasmine works at the East Hexing Enclave. Who did I miss? Oh, Emerald. Oh, wait, where does she? Oh, Emerald all, uh, works in the Shangren Enclave as well with Em. No, no, I already said Emerald. Crap. Wait, who did I forget? Oh, Jade. Jade. Jade works um, with Pearl in the Gongyang Enclave as well. So they're kind of friendly with each other. Yeah, they're friendly with each other. The central figure in this movie is Tony Long's character. Now, Tony Long plays Master Wang. Master Wang has a bad temper and he... Yeah, he's got some like man issues that he he's got some he, he's got some insecurity issues, you know. You can see that in the this first scene of the movie where all the men are drunk and laughing like crazy. Master Wang is just sitting there with his with a frown upside down, not having fun at all. And you kind of find out pretty soon what's going on. So, he originally fell uh for Crimson, one of the uh uh courtesans. Now, Crimson has, um, you know, been paying for, for her, but he hasn't been paying her full yet, and she's in debt right now, so she's kind of freaking out about that. He, in monologue, said that um, he would have paid for all her debts if she married him, and she agreed to it. This is what he says, but then her parents apparently didn't approve of the match, so it didn't happen. And he even says, like, I can't tell what she's thinking. So Crimson is like a bit of an, an enigma in, in a way. And also she's kind of confusing too because he ends up falling for Jasmine even though he still has feelings for Crimson. So it's just a mess right now, you know. He later finds out that Crimson is, you know, uh, with another client, an actor, and they're having... You don't see any sex in this movie too. It's very, very, very PG-13. Uh... I wasn't rated PG-13, but it is like PG-13. Was it rated PG-13? Oh, wait, hold on, pause, because this like drives me crazy. Oh, no, it was not rated when it came out. Uh, he finds out that Crimson is, you know, he sees in one scene that Crimson is having sex with uh, a guy, and he has a drunken fit, and he starts smashing everything in the brothel. And uh, he later on is like, well, I don't really have a life right now. The girl I loved is sleeping with someone, so I'm going to go and marry Jasmine. And so they leave. He gets a promotion, then they leave uh, Guangdong, the, the Guangdong enclave. And we later find out, too, that all of this was kind of like, he. I don't think he knows this, but we find out that Jasmine also slept with uh, Master Wang's nephew. <laughs> so it's all so silly. First of all, uh, dude, Master Wang, you have no right to get mad at a client for sleeping with someone else because she. it's her job. She just needs to make, she needs to make money. They all need to make money. Yeah. I kind of like that part in the movie. I kind sorry, I was scratching my scab. I have a scab on my leg and it keeps bleeding. And I'm like, why does it keep bleeding? Because I keep touching it. 
So that's just one story. And this is where I think like I would have probably liked the movie a lot more if it stuck with one of those stories, because I kind of like that the most, maybe because I just love Tony Long so much. The other stories with the court, sorry, I just slapped my leg. The other stories with the courtesans, I, I don't, I, I did not follow them that well. And I, I didn't really feel for any of the characters. I hate saying that, but I got very confused. So Jade, you know, is another central character in this film and uh, she has a lover. He's, there's this young guy, and he's, like, really annoying. His name is Master Zhu, Z-H-U. Uh, and Jade basically says um, she's dying to get married, and she says if they can't get married that together, then they will die together. And Zhu doesn't really want to marry her, and so what she ends up doing is she tries to poison him, and then drink uh, the poison herself. It's like opium, I think. She tries to do that. So everyone rushes and is like, no, what are you doing? And she's freaking out because she just wants to get married. You know, she wants to get away from this life. Emerald also wants to leave this brothel. She is supported by, um, you know, she has a friend named Luo who is one of her patrons. She was bought by uh, her aunt for a hundred bucks and her aunt, I don't even think, no, you do see her aunt on camera. I'm sorry. Her aunt is like typical, like mean boss and just is like, you got to work hard. You know, you got to make more money to get out, to get out of here. And she tells her, you know, you got to make 3000, uh, is it yen? What was, what's the currency in Shanghai? I don't know. Uh, but she tells her that, that, you know, you have to keep doing that. And they just, that goes on for just so long in this movie and Luo eventually ne negotiates uh, this price with um, with Emerald, and she ends up getting away. And I think that's pretty much it. I kind of don't even understand how the movie ends. The the here's my big issue. Another big issue with the movie, the the movie the scenes transition. There are fade outs in between scenes. You know, they fade out. The problem is that they are just so awkwardly done. They're not naturally the editing I did not like in this movie I just I didn't like it I did not like the awkward transitions from scene to scene some scenes were too short some scenes were too long and I just felt like the music you know the way it was all done together it just didn't make any sense and then when the movie ended it was that moment where I just went huh it just, that, that that's it I, I just I, I didn't get it I didn't I, it just wasn't really for me I think I understand, you know, what uh, Hsiao Shen is, is uh, sorry, Hsiao oh Shen is trying to say. And, you know, I know that this is a good story overall. And I think what he's trying to say is obviously, you know, all these women, they all deserve respect because you got to remember, this is like, this, this did happen. I mean, brothels have been around forever, not just in Shanghai, everywhere they've been around. So I get the whole idea that, you know, we're supposed to care for these women. They all just want freedom. They all just want to get out and be normal. They just want to be married. They want to find love. I, I, I get that. I get that about the movie, you know. I think it just would have been done much better if it was, like, better segmented, you know. Because it's it's, it is. It's a heavy-ass movie. There's a lot going on. And I don't think that the way it was shot with having the camera, you know, making you feel like the fly on the wall or the guy in the corner of the room with a heart on because you're at the brothel, you know, I feel like it didn't really work because I wanted to get up close 
no, not inappropriate. Ugh, not inappropriate up close. I wanted to like get up close with these characters more. You know, I wanted to see their facial reactions and all of that. But we don't get to see that because this camera is just so far away. And I understand it's meant to be, and I, I saw an interview where the director did say that, yes, it, he intentionally did that because you're meant to be just another person in the room. I think I understand that, but I think at the same time, it would have worked better if this movie maybe got a little bit closer with its characters. And maybe, 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 I don't know, if it just took out some of the characters and maybe honed in more on like, I don't know, Crimson, Crimson and Masterwine, because their story was the main one that I was really into. The other ones I just couldn't really get into. It, it just, it was a bore for me. It got very, very long. And I hate to say that because it is a gorgeously shot movie. It's so elegant. It made me want to get drunk. It really, really did. It didn't make me want to go to a brothel, but you know, it, it made me want to like, the next time I hang out with my friends, I want us to have like a Shanghai themed party where we just all sit around and drink out of like teacups, like liquor out of teacups. <gasps> we could do Shanghai beer pong. Oh my, well, how would we Shanghai, how would we Shanghaiify it? How would we do that? Because we, you know, we want to be culturally sensitive too. So, oh God, I don't know how to do that. I don't know, a Shanghai theme party. That would be really, really good. We would not dress up though, because um, unless I have any Asian friends, then that would be okay. But no, I don't think I, I don't think any of my, oh my God, do I have Asian friends? Oh, that's really sad. Oh God, I don't know if I do. I mean, I know people. Damn it. Are there like apps? I really, really want to like, I also like love Asian women. I'm like, really, I like have the hots for Asian women. Like I seriously do. Are there like Asian dating apps? Oh my God, I really want to do that. Wow, I really went off topic here. Okie dokie, Flowers of Shanghai. I forgot in my last episode to talk about the moral of the story. Uh, Flowers of Shanghai. What's the moral of Flowers of Shanghai? Uh, prostitution is really boring and bad and you shouldn't get into it. But if you do get into it because you need money, it's totally okay. I respect you. And if you're a man and you go to a brothel, you suck. Don't do it. Come on. For God's sake. It's good that you're helping pay a woman, but at the same time, it's just, it's dirty. It just go, like, just go and jerk off in the corner if you're that horny. Like, come on. I don't understand why men do that. It's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I think that's more of the story. Do I recommend Flowers of Shanghai? No, not, not really. I'm really sorry, but no. Um, you don't have to believe me, but... Um, I wouldn't recommend it. I, I, I personally wouldn't. I think that there are just much better movies that I have reviewed so far. Uh, I just had some problems with this one. But if you don't agree with me and you do want to watch it or you want to give it a try, totally fine. Uh, Flowers of Shanghai is available to stream on the Criterion channel. I rave about the Criterion channel all the time. I'm going to do it again. Download the Criterion channel. Do it. Do it or I will... You're going to, I'm going to get you. Yeah. And that's a threat. No, I mean it really, really do it. They have so many, so many absolutely outstanding underrated films. I'm not just talking about the Hollywood classics that we've all heard of. I'm talking about international movies that are underrated, that are just too good and need to be seen. And God bless the Criterion channel for, you know, saving these movies. So 
yeah, that's it though. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of I'm Reviewing Here. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. New episodes of I'm Reviewing Here are every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, it is Friday today. Oh my God. Well, I'm wishing you all a wonderful weekend. I can promise you, I've lied before. I can promise you that next week we have a full house. And I can also promise you that the week after that, we also have a full house. When I say full house, I that kind of, that's not like the right term. What I mean is that you're getting three full episodes because the movies are available. <gasps> yes, they are. And I'm so excited to watch them. One of them, uh, I am positively nervous to watch because I've only seen it once and it kind of scarred me, but I'm going to try and watch it again. And it's also going to be a dirty movie. There are some dirty movies coming out, you guys. Wink, wink, wink. No, just kidding. Uh, that's it though. Thank you guys for tuning in. I love you all. Have a good weekend. Stay safe and bye-bye. Or as they say in Cantonese, uh, just, I'm not going to make a joke. Are you kidding? I'm not making a joke about that. If I made a joke about that, I'd be canceled. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, everybody, please be polite and don't go to brothels. Okay, bye-bye. And before you go, and before I forget, I am uploading episodes of I'm Reviewing Here to my YouTube channel. Just go and subscribe to I'm Reviewing Here on YouTube. You can find it. Just search for it. Do you know how to type? Just type it, okay? And uh, I'm just kidding. That was really mean. No, um, if you're not really into podcasts, but for some reason you're listening to this and YouTube is just better for you, I totally get it. I'm just uh, uploading episodes. I don't know if I have all of them uploaded yet by the time this episode airs, but I am doing it. YouTube doesn't trust me, and it's not letting me upload all, like, th I think this is the 32nd episode. I don't know. It's not letting me upload all of them at once because it's being a little bitch, so I have to wait 24 hours to upload like seven of them. Anyway, it's kind of confusing. But if you're into YouTube and you just want to listen to them episodes that way and you want to share these episodes with your friends and family because you totally should because I'm awesome, uh, please do. So yes, YouTube, go ahead, subscribe. That is all. Goodbye.